Welcome to this message from Eastwood Baptist Church, one church with two locations in Bowling Green and Alberton, Kentucky. To learn more, visit eastwoodbc.org. Now, may the Lord bless you in the hearing of His Holy Word. Amen. As you grab your seat, grab your copy of God's Word, go with me to Romans chapter 5. Romans 5. I love the book of Romans. I love the book of Romans. What if I told you today that you have a disease that without a doubt is going to kill you? That'd be bad news, right? You didn't contract this disease. It's not a communicable disease. You were born with it. It's congenital, right? You didn't choose to be diseased or do something to catch or to develop the disease. You were born diseased. And you, along with every single person on planet Earth, have been diagnosed with it. This epidemic is universal. The prognosis is bleak. You will die, and you could die at any moment. Even as I say that, if, if, if you were just to believe that for just a moment, your mind would begin to race, trying to figure out, what is this unseen killer? What is this going on? Your heart would cry out, I don't want to die. I want to live, but you will die. And you would protest, but isn't there a cure, preacher? Isn't there an antidote? Isn't there some sort of treatment? And the answer is yes, there is a cure, only one cure. And you might say, well, how much does it cost? And the answer is that it's free to you. And if you will receive this cure, you will live. If that was the case, would you receive it and live today? Beloved, that is basically our text in a nutshell, what I just shared with you. So I'm going to invite you to stand to honor the reading of the Word of God this morning. Ephesians chapter, uh, I'm sorry, Romans chapter 5, beginning in the 12th verse, going down through the 17th. The Word of God says this. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned, for sin is indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law, yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. But the free gift is not like the trespass, for if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. And the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin, for the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. For if, because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Father, this is your word. As we hear it, we know that it's true, God, because you cannot lie. And in this Christmas season, we hear this and we might not think, is that a Christmas passage? Of course it's a Christmas passage because it explains why Christ came. Why he took on flesh, was born in that manger, and and grew to be the Christ on the cross. 
And so, Father, be with us today. If there's anybody under the sound of my voice who has yet to believe on Christ, would the day be the day that they would receive Christ and live? And for those of us who are already in Christ, God, may we be reminded once again how important Christmas is and may our joy grow in this season. It's in Christ's name we pray. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Grab your seat. So today's takeaway is very simple. Here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to leave with. I want you to do this. I want you to receive the free gift of God through Jesus Christ. Receive the free gift of God through Jesus Christ. This morning our text tells us three things that you and I need to understand if we're going to decide whether or not to receive this free gift. First, you need to understand this, church. Without the gift, you're hopeless. Without the gift, you're hopeless. Here in Romans 5, we're taken all the way back to the dawn of creation, to the moment of Adam and Eve. There in the Garden of Eden, they were the first human beings. Our first mother and father, literally created by the hands of God. Adam walked with God and he talked with God and and, and, and God gave Adam the fullness of the garden therein, except for the use of one thing. He told him to not eat of one tree. He said, eat of all the other trees you want. And there was an abundance. But the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, don't eat from that, Adam. And he was promised that if he ate of that tree, that he would surely die. Now, Adam, he only had one thing to do, right? Only one thing to not do, I guess you should say. And he was not obedient to God. He ate of that tree. We read this in Genesis 3, 6. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate and she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. That, my friends, is the very first human Sin, And that's what the text is talking about in Romans 12 when it says that sin came into the world through one man. That one man was Adam. But it wasn't just sin that came to the world. You see, the consequences of sin in the, that came into the world as well, right? God had clearly told Adam that there's going to be consequences. If you don't obey, there are going to be consequences. And we see it in Genesis 2, 16 and 17. The word of God says, and the Lord God commanded the man. That's Adam saying, you may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. The consequence of sin is death. Just as our text, Romans 5.12 tells us, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and what else, church? Death. Death through sin. God made good on his threat, right? We've been there before as parents. We threaten, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm going to count to three. One, no, I'm, you're going to get a spanking. You're going to get time out. You're going to get your phone taken away. We, we make all these threats, but we don't back it up. And God here made good on his threat here, the discipline that was promised to come. And it came, and it came crashing hard, and it had universal effects here. The wages of sin is death. Adam didn't die instantly, although he could have, and although maybe he should have, that would have been appropriate. 
But where he once would have surely lived, he would now surely die. And eventually he did. And the wild thing is, guys, is that it didn't stop with Adam. It didn't stop with Adam. Again, our text tells us Romans 5.12. There's so much here, man. We could just stay on verse 12 all day. Verse 12 tells us, so death spread to all men. That's the congenital disease I was telling you about just a moment ago. The, the disease that you and I are born with. We're born waiting to die, assured of our death. Adam sinned and eventually died, and death spread to us. Now, you may find this really hard to swallow. Because you're thinking, preacher... That junk there in the garden, I wasn't even there. I had nothing to do with it. But God says differently. He says that you certainly had something to do there in the garden and that I did as well. Look again at verse 12. So death spread to all men because all sinned. Let me say it again. Death spread to all men because all sinned. It's very important for you to notice the verb tense there. The word sinned, it's not in the present because all sin. It's not in the future because all will sin. It's not in the subjunctive because all may sin. It's in the past. What we call in the, in, in, in the Greek here, the aorist tense, which communicates a completed action. It's in the past. It's, it's done because all sinned. And here's the mystery of this. But the word of God is clear on this. It, it, it's very clear. Somehow when Adam sinned, you and I sinned with him. Again, it's very hard for a Westerner to grasp, especially for an American to grasp because we're so individualistic. But here, God is grouping us with Adam. You see, Adam, as the first father of humanity, he, he stood as our federal head, as our representative before God. And as Adam acted, we acted. The human race is in corporate solidarity with Adam here. We were Adam. Adam is us. And here's the bad news. In Adam, all die. It's not just the lawbreakers. It's the entire human race. And to prove this truth, God tells us in a, this in the next few verses, Romans 13 and 14. He says, for sin indeed was in the world before the law was given. But sin is not counted where there's no law, yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even before those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who is to come. Basically, Paul is arguing here that, that there is a period between laws. You've got the law in the Garden of Eden. Adam, don't you dare eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And then Adam did it. He got kicked out. And so that law is null and void because there were angels placed at the gates of the garden, if you'll remember. And no one could come back in. So that law is done for. Even if someone said, okay, I'll live in the garden, but I won't eat of that tree, God. God said, no, no, no. So that law is done. And there was a period of time, a few thousand years, a few hundred years, ever how many it was, until God gave the law through Moses on Mount Sinai, summed up in the Ten Commandments. And so here's the question that basically Paul 
God through Paul is positing to you and me. Did people die in this period between laws, between the garden and between Sinai? And the answer is what? Yes. People did die. Beloved, that is proof that when Adam sinned, we all sinned. You are hopeless in and of yourself because in Adam, we all die. We are hopeless without this free gift that's being offered here in Romans 5. Without the free gift, you'll die. And you will bear the righteous wrath of God in hell Forevermore. And beloved, I say to you this morning, won't you receive the free gift of God through Jesus Christ? Praise God that this is not the end of the story, right? Adam is not the end. There's a second Adam, a better Adam, uh, whose name is Jesus Christ, born to us in the manger in the city of David called Bethlehem. And when he was born, hope was born for you and me. We who are hopeless, we now have hope. And that brings me to the second thing that you need to understand about this gift is that through this gift, you get two things that you desperately need, grace and righteousness. Grace and righteousness. Through this gift, you get grace and righteousness, which we need more than the air we're breathing right now. You know, many children throughout America have been making Christmas lists. I used to love to do that, man. When I was growing up, that, that, that J.C. Penney's catalog, man, I wore that thing out, picking out all the stuff. I mean, I was just big on it, right? But maybe you as kids, you've been making your Christmas list. Well, Amazon tells us this year that these are the hottest toys for Christmas that kids just have to have. They say, like this. This is the Lego Boost creative toolbox that apparently you can build Johnny Five with, for those of you that remember uh, Johnny Five from back in the days, right? You can build a robot with these things. Or like the little Scruffaloves animals. Oh man, that may be on somebody's Christmas list. Or the Crayola color chemistry set. That looks pretty cool. That looks like, like something you know, uh, a mom would want to get a kid to help them in education, right? Or about this Melissa and Doug pet vet play set. This was all on the Amazon top. Gotta have list. Or the Ozobot bit-coating robot. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> but it looks cool. Or the Hot Wheels corkscrew crash track set. Now that, I want that. I want that looks fun. Or the for real Munch and Rex. <laughs> That's crazy. Or the Melissa and Doug scoop and serve ice cream counter. These are all on Christmas lists all over America, I'm sure. These are things that kids want and things that they think they need. But I say to you this morning, every human being's greatest need is to receive the gift of grace and righteousness through Jesus Christ. And praise God, that's exactly what he provided. You ever get a Christmas present at Christmas that you didn't think you wanted, but you needed like that pair of pants or those socks, right? These are things God didn't just give you maybe what you wanted because the truth of the matter is you would never want this in your sin, but God loves you enough that he did what is best for you. He provided what you needed. Just as Romans 5.15 continues, it says this, but the free gift, it's interesting there that that word free gift, isn't that redundant? I mean, isn't a gift itself free? 
But nevertheless, God through Paul here wants to communicate to you and to me how amazing this is, right? It is a free gift. It's not just a gift. It is a free gift. It is not like the trespass. For if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. You see, Adam brought death, but Jesus brought life. He brought grace. Adam gave you what you earned, but Jesus brought you what you could never earn, which is by very definition, the definition of grace. It's, it's truly a gift. It's not something you earned, that you didn't pay for it. It is freely given to you, and that grace, y'all, is powerful. That grace is powerful. Like that old church hymn used to say, we used to sing this a lot at my previous church. Grace, grace, God's grace Grace that will pardon and cleanse within. Grace, grace, God's grace. Grace that is greater than all my sin. Though my sin earned death, grace covers my sin and removes the penalty of my sin. And it does the same thing for you, right? It washes away your sin through grace. God forgives you of your sin. Your sin's no more. And therefore, the penalty is no more. That's powerful. But God's grace isn't powerful. It's also plentiful, as the text says here. It abounded for many. Do you see that there in the text? It abounded for many. That word abounded here in our text is the Greek word eparisunami, which means an overabundance. An overabundance. It is a river. Just picture the river that has overflown its banks. Picture, for an instance, just, just, just for a minute, a cup. You're pouring a cup here. And you just keep pouring until the container can't hold it. And it's just pouring over the sides. That's the picture here of abounded. It, 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 it's more than enough. Although your sins are great in number, God's grace is big enough to cover it. And man, you and I need it. And God has freely offered us grace as a gift. But our text doesn't say here that we just get grace. We get something on top of that. We also get, according to the word here, righteousness. Look at verse 16 again. And the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin. For the judgment following one, pass, uh, one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. You see, it took just one sin for a big old boatload of condemnation to be dropped on us in Adam. We all die. But this free gift through Jesus Christ on the same side, not condemnation, it takes a boatload of justification and dumps it on you and me, right? This free gift through Jesus Christ in Christ, all are made righteous. Even though we have many transgressions, as it says here, God justifies us. Anytime you read the word justification in the Bible, you can replace it in your mind with the word righteousness. That's what justification means. 
It simply means righteous. It's the state of being made righteous before God. Now, you have to understand that this is a step further than just grace. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it's an extension of grace. Don't get me wrong. Justification is grace, but it's, it, it takes it a step further because grace basically erases our sin. And you just picture a number line for a moment. Number line extends that way. As you're looking at it, that way it extends into the positive. And then there's zero in the middle. And then going this way as you look at it, it extends into the negatives, right? That's how a number line works. Grace basically, I mean, we're way down here. We're way down here, right in the negatives. And grace erases all that and brings us back to zero, okay? It's as if we had never sinned. But then justification kicks in. Here in, the, here in Romans 5, okay? Because what happens then is that justification takes over and picks us up at zero and then moves our number line into the positive. It is not as if we had never sinned. It is as if we had always done right. Right? God's great. We are perfect. We are made perfect, right? Just as Jesus was right and he was perfect. We are made right and perfect. We're not just neutral, neutral, neutral in God's sight. No, beloved, in justification, through justification, we are seen as holy, holy, holy. His righteousness, his perfect righteousness becomes our perfect righteousness. And I say to you this morning, man, what an amazing gift. Won't you receive it this morning? That brings me to the final thing that you need to understand about this gift this morning. You see, the gift is promised to all who will receive it. Let me say it another way. Only those who receive the gift will get the gift. That's why the title of today's message is Hope Offered. It's not hope forced. It is hope offered. In other words, it's not automatic. It is conditioned upon you receiving it just as Romans 5:17 makes clear for if because of one man's trespass death reigned through that one man listen to this much more will those who do what church receive everybody say receive receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man Jesus Christ you see in terms of your relationship with Adam <laughs> You and I had no choice in that. You were born into Adam. You were born into sin. I was born into Adam. I was born into sin. We were born into condemnation. It was foisted upon us merely by being of the lineage of Adam, being of Adam's race. But with Jesus, I say to you this morning, you have a choice. You have a choice. Hope has been offered to you. But God will not force it on you. Listen, regardless of your doctrine of salvation, all positions believe that God saves nobody against their will. God saves nobody against their will. If you don't want Christ, you'll never have him. You must choose Christ. You must choose 
to open that gift. You see, the gift unopened does you no good at all. Last year, you may have read this story. Last year, news broke that Adrian Pierce, this is a man who lives in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. He was given this gift way back in 1970 by a girl who basically handed him the gift and then dumped him in the same moment. <laughs> Merry Christmas for that one, right? Oh my goodness. Hopefully that's never happened to you, okay? He left that day with the gift. He took the gift with him. He's like, well, I'm keeping the gift. <laughs> but he decided that day that he would never open it. He was too angry. He was too hurt. And you know what? He kept his promise for 48 years. Every year, and this is interesting, every year he would, he would pull out that gift and he would place it under his tree and remember what happened to him back then and how he would never open that gift. And eventually he found a wife. He got married. He had kids. And the kids would say, Daddy, come on, let's open it. Even his wife's like, she put her foot down a few times, okay? But he made her pick it back up, I guess, because he still didn't open it, okay? But he said this. He said, I'll never open that gift until my ex-girlfriend opens it with me. Now, I say to you this morning, there are those of you here who have an unopened gift in your life right now, right? God has given you... He didn't break up with you, right? He's trying to marry you, right? He, he, he's, the, he's, the, he's the bridegroom, right? He's trying to woo you unto him, to give you the gift. And it's the greatest gift that God has ever given. But every year, I don't know how many years it's been, you look at it and you refuse to open it. I say to you this morning, man, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? What if I told you inside that gift is the antidote to the disease that will kill you at any moment? You see, without the gift, you're hopeless. But with the gift, you get grace. You get righteousness. I say to you this morning, receive the free gift of God through Jesus Christ. I want you to know that this year... The, 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 the news broke last year in 2017 about Adrian. But Adrian Pierce and his wife, they were finally able to find this lady and to get in touch with this lady. She had moved from Toronto uh, to, to, to somewhere else in Canada. Um, uh, he was living in Edmonton at the time, and I think maybe she was at uh, British Columbia. Is that a place in Canada? Of course it is. I looked at my native Canadians over here, right? I think she was in British Columbia, and they were just having a hard time. The woman's name was Vicki Allen, and they finally got in contact with her, and, and she couldn't remember what she gave him. She had forgotten. I mean, it had been almost 50 years. Are you kidding me? And Adrian had no idea because he had refused for almost 50 years to open the gift. But a couple of weeks ago, here in 2018, the three of them got together, the man, his wife, and this ex-girlfriend, they got together as a sort of a charity fundraiser for the Christmas Bureau of Edmonton, and they opened the gift with cameras all around and all this stuff. And you know what was in the wrapping paper? It was a little book describing what love is. Now, it's ironic that she broke up with him as she gave him that. But I say to you, I say to you this morning, that sounds like the gift that God has given us in Jesus Christ. Amen? It was planned in love. 
It was wrapped in love. It was given in love. But the question is, will you receive the free gift of love? Beloved, that's what Christmas is all about. That's why we put presents under the tree. And that's why we open them. Because a gift is meant to be opened and enjoyed. Here's my final prayer this morning. May this be the Christmas that you unwrap the greatest gift that God has ever given. Hi there, this is Pastor Ben. I have something really important to ask you, but first, I want to say thank you for taking the time to make this digital connection with us through our podcast. I hope the message you just listened to was a blessing, but an even greater blessing than this digital connection would be for you to connect with us in person this coming Sunday at one of Eastwood's two campuses where we get the joy of living life together in Jesus' name. And now for that really important question, which is the most important question you'll ever answer. Where do you stand before God? Now, based on what you've done, the straightforward answer is that you stand guilty and condemned before God. You are a sinner who completely deserves God's wrath forevermore in hell. And I deserve the same thing also. I mean, every person does. Guys, that's terrible news. And even worse is the fact that there's nothing you can do in and of yourself to change that. You need a Savior. But I have good news. God loved the world so much that he sent Jesus to be your Savior. Jesus came and lived the perfect life that you cannot live, and he stood condemned on the cross, dying the death you deserve. And three days later, Jesus was raised from the dead to prove to everybody that he is indeed the Savior of the world. And now Jesus longs to change your standing before God by making a trade with you. He desires to take what you've earned, which is the wrath of God in hell, and to give you in return what he has earned, which is the blessing of God in heaven. When this trade happens, instead of standing guilty and condemned before God, you will stand forgiven and righteous with the promise of everlasting life. So what must you do to have your standing before God changed? First, admit to God you are a sinner. Second, hate your sins. Turn from them and ask God to forgive you. And finally, turn to Jesus in faith and love, putting your complete hope in Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, and follow him until the day you die. Wherever you are listening to this podcast, Jesus is ready to make this trade with you. And I pray that you would trust in Jesus and be saved. Thank you again for connecting with us, and I hope to see you soon at Eastwood Baptist Church.